brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's gonna be a football game tonight now, no doubt. It's gonna be a football game here. Okay. I, I don't been here before. All right, let's go, baby. Nine. Rushing four, ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, and it's still on the ground. Picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Miller did it again. Alabama back on top of the college football world. Ladies and gentlemen, football to the max. Your host, Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn, and Randy Isbell. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max, the first one where we're actually talking about games that matter, and we're talking about the college games, so this is the college edition of the show. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and with me, the two guys that make this thing awesome, Mr. Gary Vaughn and Randy Isbell. And, uh, you know, you hear that little thing at the beginning, which is the call from Chris Fowler about Alabama after they won the championship. And uh, after this week, uh, still on top of the college football mountain, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> nothing has changed from last uh, last year or from you know earlier this year. Yeah, how can you really knock them off of the mountain when they host USC and just dismantle them? Uh, we talked about it in the preview how. We weren't quite sure who the quarterback was going to be, who the running back was going to be. It didn't matter. That team is just head and shoulders and knees and toes better than USC and probably most of the college football landscape. Yeah, you know, and early in the game you were wondering, you know, what team you were going to get, and then by the end of it, I mean, it was just no contest. So, I mean, I get it, you know, they're the team, and – 
Uh, I think everybody else got it too. Yeah, uh, it's just total shellacking, 52 to 6. Uh, not a whole lot to say about that game other than just, my lord. Uh, we're going to get our, not only are we going to give you like our college pick'em standings, whatever, we are going to give you our first top 25 uh, poll of the year right here on the podcast. So, uh, you know, it's what Randy, Gary, and I, and uh, Brandon Bisco being as well, all averaged out uh, to, to give you our, our consensus top 25 here. Uh, but, I mean, let's move on to a game that was very surprising. Hey, I was the only one that picked this to happen. I should have done more confidence uh, for this uh, now in hindsight. But uh, Houston beats Oklahoma 33-23 in Houston, of course at energy stadium man uh throwing some said that that big uh missed field goal that turns into a touchdown Mm -hmm. because nobody realizes that he's there turns the tide but uh what'd you think watching this here i think it more than turned the tide that was just kind of the whole game in my opinion just all of the momentum shifted to Houston, and they just were able to hold on to it. I, I thought this was a great back-and-forth battle. Uh, Greg Ward looked great for Houston during a couple touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, I thought, was stellar as well for Oklahoma. He got rushed a lot more than I was expecting. Uh, Houston was able to create a lot of pressure, uh, but I, I don't think you can put the loss here on Mayfield at all. It just... Sometimes games come down to one play, and even though this was a 10-point game, this, to me, came down to the one play that completely changed the entire momentum to start the second half. Yeah, that was a very pivotal point in the game, and, you know, looking at both these teams, you know, Oklahoma came out, you know, very highly touted. I mean, uh, people were just bragging and bragging on Oklahoma's talent, what they could do this season. And, you know, not people weren't sleeping on Houston. They just weren't sure about Houston. Well, now you are. Uh, now you realize the talent level that they have in Houston is pretty darn good and maybe as equal to Oklahoma as possible. So I look at that and I think that, man, I mean, this is a team that we've been talking about possibly jumping over into the Big 12. Now they kind of proved that they deserve it. And this is kind of uh, interesting because, you know, I think – we kind of thought this could be an upset. We thought, well, maybe. Uh, but by them doing it, it just proved right there that, uh, yeah, it's an upset. But at the same time, is it such an upset if their talent is this good? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, I think uh, if we didn't talk about it in a preview, we talked about it in another podcast where is this really – like a total surprise that Houston come in here and do this. And Hey, this is one of the teams that they're thinking about for expansion. Mm-hmm. And if there was a team that made a statement and said, Hey, look, big 12, you want competitive teams. Look what we just did to your supposed number one team in your conference. Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to help Houston get into a bigger conference. I think no doubt about it, but the bigger question to me is did this, do enough to make up for the lack of difficulty the rest of the schedule is for Houston minus that late Louisville game 
to get them into playoff consideration if they run the table. I don't know if it has. Yeah, you, you make a great point there, and you know that is the deal. The, the schedule is very important to you know, of course, voters, and uh, of course, to what's going on here. And I think you know, when everybody looks at this, they're going to say, "Well, you know, they beat Oklahoma, but who else did they really beat?" Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a lot of stiff competition to go against, and I just don't think that will put them in that playoff com- uh, contention right away. I mean. They're really going to have to blow out teams. I mean, really blow them out. Other teams are going to have to fail. And I'll just be honest with you. They're just going to have to fail for Houston to get that opportunity right now until they get into a better uh, echelon. Yeah, it it hurts Houston more because this was the first game of the season. Uh, so once you know it comes down to the committee picking their four teams, yes, this will be a big mark but it won't be as big as some of these other marks that other teams are going to be able to make throughout the rest of the season. This will kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit more because it was so early, because college football does not have a preseason, and maybe they just go, well, they just caught Oklahoma by surprise, and Oklahoma wasn't in midseason form. However, I think for Houston, the thing that they can hope for, other than, yes, blowing out every team that they play, is they need Oklahoma to run the table. They need Oklahoma to look like that national championship caliber team that a lot of people thought they were. And then Houston go, well, we beat them. They also need Louisville to have a much better season. So then if they do beat them later on, that win looks even more impressive. And that's the weird thing about college football. Not only do you need to win, but then you need the teams that you beat to then look better the rest of the season. Exactly. And, you know, where you're ranked at the beginning of the year uh, is going to determine, you know, what happens to you. And you could be a very good team, but if you're ranked number 20 and, you know, the, the top 10 are still just as good as you are, you're not getting into those playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. It's so weird, uh, like you guys mentioned, that it's all about how the other teams do just as much as how you do for the season not only do they have to win out pretty much they have to hope that the other teams they beat keep doing well so that those wins matter much more uh but uh moving on from that because uh this is going to be a lot of fun to see where we put houston after this and how far oklahoma Mm. falls talking about another team that's going to fall here at least a little bit lsu after their close loss to wisconsin uh, I thought that LSU was just going to come in here and wipe the floor with them. That didn't happen. And and LSU wound up losing. So yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a, a, a little tougher test for LSU going up to Lambeau Field in Wisconsin. Basically a glorified home game for the Badgers. I was very impressed with the defense of the Badgers. Putting tons of pressure on Brandon Harris who did not look good. Here, that was the key to me for LSU. I had LSU winning the national championship because of their defense, because of Leonard Fournette, and I was hoping Brandon Harris was going to be a step up at the quarterback position. Unfortunately, he was not. Uh, the play that ended the game was a terrible decision on his part, uh, one that obviously he wants back, uh, getting rushed out of the pocket on a first and 15 play, and 
and throwing it basically right to the defender, thinking that he needed to get rid of the ball. Um, so tough for LSU, uh, especially because they lost because of the quarterback play, which everyone thought was something they needed to improve on. Uh, huge for Wisconsin, though. They came out of nowhere and, and showed that their defense is SEC caliber by holding LSU to nothing. And listen, the 14 points that LSU scored in the third quarter, one was a pick six, and the return was ridiculous. And then one came off a fumble, and it was another short field. So it could have been a shutout by Wisconsin. Yeah, and that's what really I think is going to be showing once they come up with the rankings again. And I just, I was a little bit dumbfounded. I really felt like LSU, despite the fact that they were, you know, at a disadvantage when it came to home field, I still feel like they were going to showcase their talent and really come in here and honestly take care of business, even if it was going to be close. And I, I was a little bit surprised. And you're right, Randy, the quarterback situation is not as good as it needs to be at LSU. And I, I don't know when they'll ever get a quarterback to the talent level they need, because if they had it, they would be a really good team, but they just keep getting these guys that they underachieve. And I think that showed here and cost them a game. Uh, anything to make of uh, the fact that Leonard Fournette was limping off the field? Uh, that was a, a interesting play. He tried to hurdle over defender, and I think he just kind of caught his, his shin on him, and it kind of gave him a stinger. Uh, he was ready to go about two plays later. It was definitely a scary sight for Tigers fans. Uh, and any time he limps off the field, it's going to be scary. But I, I think overall he's going to be okay. Yeah, instead of there goes my hero, there goes my season. You know. <laughs> yeah, basically. No joke. Especially after the way Brandon Harris looked in this game. No. And listen, I just want to bring up a point, and it's disgusting. Uh, I watched this game live, and... ABC uh, kind of just stayed away from it and wanted to more focus on the Wisconsin win, which was great. But uh, Josh Bout or Boot or Butt or whatever the hell, how you ever say his last name, I don't care. uh, With the disgusting late hit after the game. Uh, If if you haven't seen it yet, look it up. Uh, Wisconsin intercepts the, the pass and the player goes down, which in college football means the play is over. Gets up, celebrates, is running across the field to his sideline, football raised in celebration, and got completely taken out by this offensive lineman. Just disgusting, tasteless stuff. And I was really hoping to be able to come on this podcast and say that LSU put their foot down and got rid of this kid. They One game. They put their foot to the side and said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to miss our game against Jacksonville State. Oh, and you have to call the kid and apologize. Disgusting, terrible. Les Miles, you are, I am now on that list of you need to go. Period. What he did is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen on a field. Just poor, I mean, poor sportsmanship is an understatement for what happened there and the fact that he did it and then was walking off the field begging other badgers to come after him you're off my team that instant not you're gonna miss jacksonville state because we need you get out of here 
Oh boy, yeah, uh, that was not cool at all. And you know, I, I think really, you know, it's uh, up to the school to do what's private. I think it's also up to you know NCAA to do what they need to do because you got to protect your players. And if the school's not going to protect people, you got to do it for them. Uh, just when I saw that, it was just like really one game, one game. That was like a a WWE hit. Like it was just like a one of those like oh out of nowhere. Let me just spear you really quick. Like it's just like what? I mean it it was uncalled for. There was no reason for it. It was way after the play. Mm-hmm. It was let's just you know do this because because I'm pissed. Like come on. That was I'm glad he got ejected from the game or whatever, but it's like that's not enough. You need to have more than the one game suspension or whatever. Just just to prove a point, you make a statement here that you're not going to put up with that. Yeah. And, and and listen, for those out there that think, well, maybe he didn't know the play was over, or I, I talked to a, a buddy of mine who is not a college football fan, but you know he's an NFL fan, so he didn't realize that once the defender hit the ground, that play was over. So he had went to Facebook saying, "What an amazing hit." not realizing it was a dirty, illegal hit. Uh, but for those that think, well, he may have not known the play was over, go back and watch it. Again, the defender is holding the ball up in the air. If the play was still going on, he's not doing that, especially because if he does fumble it, the game is still in the balance because it's still a close game. And he ran through about four defenders to get to him. At some point, if he thought the play was still going on, he would have went, everyone's just letting me run by them. And this guy is celebrating. Something's not right here. So don't use that as an excuse for this kid. It was disgusting and terrible, and he should not be playing. Yep, I agree. And, you know, uh, getting off easy is not teaching him anything. And I don't care if Paul Heyman is his advocate. I mean, (laughs) you just cannot allow these guys to get away with that. Gary, do you think if LSU was playing Alabama next week, do you think he wouldn't even get suspended at all? I, that would not surprise me. Not one minute uh, would that surprise because they they would not allow him to be gone. They would do something else. It, mm-hmm. They would delay his suspension. Let's say it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. Just just sucks to have to really even talk about that. But that's just kind of how it is uh, with these things. Um, we move on to, uh, you know, I know a team that Gary doesn't want to talk about here, but Texas A&M uh, going and winning in overtime against UCLA. UCLA tried to make the comeback, but couldn't do it. Uh, I think Kevin Sumlin is now 5-0 and against ranked teams uh, at home. Um, UCLA losing that first game. Rather, you know, maybe costly, maybe not with, with what happened to USC. I thought they looked really good here, though. Yeah, I liked how UCLA looked. Uh, they fell behind against a difficult team in a tough stadium. Uh, Gary talked about that on the Friday podcast, about how that is a tough place to play, and it proved exactly right for Josh Rosen and and the Bruins. Uh, I thought Rosen looked really good. He does throw three interceptions, but a couple of those were on tipped passes, uh, there was a point when they were still down 
uh, eight, I want to say, and they were inside the 20, and he hit the receiver in the hands who was unable to make the catch, and it popped straight up and was intercepted. Uh, UCLA was able to make the stop and still come back and, and tie the game up. But there was a lot of mistakes by the receivers that kind of worry me for UCLA, but it also could be they got down and got a little nervous. Uh, again, a tough place, very loud over there for Texas A&M. But listen, give all credit to the Aggies. They played extremely well, and they they did exactly what they needed to in overtime and got the win. So, I mean, yeah, I mean you can't Rose take any credit for them. Uh, made the comment about, oh, one ticket to 50,000, it's all the same. So, you know, Texas A&M fans are not happy about that one. But Yeah, well, you know, you'll say whatever you'll say just to kind of ease the pain, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that this game was very interesting and I, I think that Texas A&M proved that, you know, they do have the talent to win some of these big games and, uh, UCLA, I mean, like Randy said, just kind of shot themselves in the foot, put themselves in bad situations and you can't do that on the road. And even if it is not the quarterback's fault, you know, the receivers, whoever is not helping their team win, you just, you know, you got to be better than that. So, I mean, uh, congrats to Texas A&M. They pl- played a really good game. Big feather in the cap for Kevin Sumlin, too, because on the hot seat, you mm-hmm. win the first one, win a big one here against UCLA. That's good for you. Uh, before you even get the conference play, which is hard enough there in that SEC West. Uh, so, Gary, uh, your team, Texas, pulling off the big upset. 50 to 47 double overtime. I'm sure you're feeling good after that one over Notre Dame. I felt really good to, to, you know, predict that one right. And, you know, Texas did everything they could to give that game away uh, just by watching it. I mean, they were ahead by 17 at one time. Uh, it looked like that they were going to run away with it. And the next thing you know, here comes the Notre Dame fighting Irish coming back. Uh, you know, of course, you know, they usually go to a two quarterback system and end up sticking with one, uh, the one being the most successful. And trust me, he, he's a smart kid, made some great, uh, plays happen and let his team back to tie the game up. In fact, the, you know, Notre Dame defense, you got to give them credit as well. They were able to block an extra point that was going to put Texas up. Uh, and actually return it for two points to tie the game up instead of going in. (laughs) I know, it was ridiculous. Uh, So everything worked out the way it needed to work out for the Irish to get into overtime, and two overtimes later, Texas finds a way to score the touchdown after a Notre Dame field goal. So all that being said, there's one thing I'll say. That 18-wheeler package is real, and that is scary if you're playing the Longhorns. Man, (laughs) swoops just decimated that team like a battering ram went through them and they didn't know how to stop it that was ridiculous i mean the kid is 6'4 249 and they're like here we'll just give you the ball and you just run but what an amazing game uh you know obviously espn touted this as the, the greatest opening weekend in college football history this could be the greatest opening weekend game in college football history, uh, I would obviously I haven't done the research, but I was on the edge of my seat for the whole time. I had zero rooting interest. I thought Texas could pull off the big win at home. I thought they might have been a little bit underrated, looking to take that big step forward 
and they did exactly that. That game was ridiculous. Like, as Gary said, that blocked extra point that was going to put you up a field goal, and it was returned, but they still hold on to get into overtime and do it. They needed to just, what was the stats? It's a 961 total yards of offense between the two teams, just a one turnover. Uh, both offenses were doing what they needed to at times, but the defenses still were playing great. Uh, I do have to save my wishes to uh, Torrey Hunter's son, Torrey Hunter Jr., who had a scary hit in the end zone, try to get up and, and tough it out. But, you know, the doctors wanted to make sure he was okay, and he laid there for a while. From what everyone has been saying, he's going through the concussion protocol. He's saying he's doing better. So, luckily, it's nothing serious there. He looked like he was making some great plays out there as well. Just an outstanding game that I just hope that we can duplicate a few more times this season because that was great to watch. It's an instant classic. And uh... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, that injury, and there was a few other guys that were banged up in this game. It just shows you how hard those two teams were fighting. And, you know, like I mentioned before, this game could determine how they psychologically play the rest of this year. And this is going to give Texas a boost. And after this game, I don't know that Notre Dame is going to spiral. They should have a lot of confidence because they fought hard. Yeah. Uh, Man, this this was uh at, like you said. Any point Notre Dame could have won this game, and just Texas was able to tough it out at the end. And Swoops was a huge factor in that, of course. Uh, the Texas defense came up big when it when it had to. But man, Notre Dame, they were all bit of the number nine, number ten ranked team that they came in as being. And I think definitely you. Just leave Zaire out of this. This should be Kaiser's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what did you think about the Texas uh, QB thing, Gary? Just do you like the way they did that? Yeah, I did. I thought it's, it's a really good deal. And uh, this young freshman, uh, you may have to tell me his name because I cannot remember it. But save the life of me right now. Bouchelle or Bouchelle? Bouchelle. Bichelle, Bichelle, uh, sorry, and uh, yeah, Bichelle it showcased that he has a strong arm, and really, man, I mean, there's a lot of promise with him, at least from watching him here, and, and just from what I've heard about him, and I, I'm excited for him personally because you know this is going to be an exciting season if he can continue playing this well under pressure. Because trust me, Notre Dame was pressuring him, and uh, yeah, I mean. I really made one mistake, and it, it, you know you could even maybe kind of consider that not all his fault. So I, I was really impressed. Yeah, and then uh, another impressive game here before we we started this: Florida State winning uh, forty-five to thirty-four over Ole Miss. But for a while, especially in that first half, Ole Miss was spanking them, and then all of a sudden in the second half. Florida State turns it on. The defense turns it on. Sacking, 
committing turnovers, everything you possibly can, getting those touchdowns to close it out and win. I mean, this is what big championship teams are made of here is, is winning games like this. Yeah, I think this win is strictly on Jimbo Fisher and the adjustments he was able to make at halftime. Ole Miss was doing everything they wanted offensively. They have that that quick tempo offense that can really mess up defenses when you're not ready. And he goes into the locker room and they come out. And I saw the stat earlier. I don't have it in front of me. But I want to say they outgained Ole Miss in the third quarter like 220-some yards to negative three. Like they just took the game over. They disrupted the the high tempo of the Rebels. Uh, their offense got things going. Francis looked awesome uh, back there, making some great plays. And listen, they messed things up for Chad Kelly, who looked great in the first half. Uh, a couple drops, a fumble here, but three interceptions for Kelly kind of threw this game away. And that's what I think you're going to see with Ole Miss when they get rolling. They could beat just about anybody, but it's when you knock them off the rails, how are they going to counteract that? How are they going to keep themselves steady? Tonight, it just completely fell apart. The moment the momentum stopped, they were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you got to give credit to Florida State uh, for really just coming in there and adjusting and uh, making everything, you know. Uh, basically on their own terms uh i I love that about them and you know this was going to be a very interesting game and it was throughout the entire game uh but you just got to give you know credit to the florida state for making sure that they did what they needed to do to win this game because coming into it like you said i mean it was all about finding a way to knock that old miss train off its tracks and they got it done certainly did and let's just kind of run through some other games here you guys can talk about one if you want when i get done here but uh georgia beat north carolina 33 to 24 uh was a close game for a lot of it and then georgia was able to pull away nick chubb man he looked great oh. uh, nick chubb's touchdown run late to seal that game unreal oh man it's like he was Especially, never hurt yeah exactly and after seeing that injury and seeing him rank that run you're like thank goodness this kid can do this again mm-hmm Clemson survive against Auburn, having to deflect two Hail Mary passes away. Uh, 19-13, South Dakota State gave TCU all it could until TCU kind of was able to pull away at the end. But, man, that game was a lot closer than it should have been. West Virginia beats Missouri, uh, another game I predicted over you guys. Uh, West Virginia. I got that one right, too. I thought you picked Missouri with Gary. I'm the one who picked Missouri. Uh, Western Michigan barely edged out Northwestern 22-21. And South Alabama, thanks to a Mississippi State missed field goal, 28 yards, wins. I feel terrible for that kid. Just that one was a rough loss. I mean, to be that close with South Alabama, you shouldn't have been, but both kickers had issues in that game if you saw the highlights mm-hmm. uh, and he was just the last one to hit the, the upright i want to say like there was three or four kicks that hit the upright in that game between both kickers oh well but i just want yeah. to quickly mention before we go uh the two games that really stood out to me as far as score wise uh clemson surviving auburn 
yes, it wasn't pretty, but it was the first game and it got the job done. Same thing with TCU. The defense is non-existent in TCU, and I think we all have understood that. This is how they're going to have to beat teams, whether it's South Dakota State or anyone else. There's, most of their scores are going to look a lot like this. I, I don't think they're ever going to feel out of the game until the, the clock hits zero. If a team is really close and keeping up with them, as long as their offense is on the field ever, I, I feel like they feel like they have a chance. Uh, anything you want to say, Gary, about any of these games? Uh, no, I think you guys said it all pretty clearly. And, uh, you know, once again, just an excellent weekend. I mean, it, it was so much fun to, to get a chance to watch all these games. And I, I can't almost wait for next weekend. Mm-hmm. Should mention that uh, Baylor, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Louisville, and, or Louisville, sorry, uh, Oregon, all just roll their opponents as you would expect. So the big teams win. And they move on, and perhaps are going to go up in the standings. Thanks to the three big law, three, uh, <coughs> the the two big losses as far as uh, in the top ten or three, uh, depending on where you had Notre Dame, and uh, of course UCLA also losing uh, as well in Ole Miss. So uh, lots of losses that is going to move this top twenty-five around. Before we get to the top twenty-five. Uh, the college pick em, I am one point behind uh, Jeff Sugg. Uh, even though I went 8-2, and two, I tied somebody else who doesn't have a name here uh, for the lead as far as getting the most right. But the confidence picks allow you to actually have the overall lead. And Randy's right behind me with 41. Gary right behind him at 40. So we're all not too far away from each other. And, of course, uh, Paul, Mr. Paul Leeser from W2M Podcast is right there. He's the one that won last year. He's a couple mm-hmm. points behind Gary at 38, and then Daniel, who's also part of our crew here, part of the video games podcast. He is uh, way down there at 30. So that's a, sort of our pick I'm saying. Now let's reveal this top 25. Of course, this is, uh, again, I want to say uh, between Randy, uh, Gary, Brandon Biscoe, who's been on this podcast times before, um, he's part of uh, another thing that we're starting here pretty soon. And uh, myself all sort of giving our top 25s and then them being averaged out. So number one, of course, Alabama. No surprise here. Uh, number two, Clemson. Uh, number three, Florida State. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Michigan. Six, Houston. Seven, Stanford. Eight, Georgia. Nine, Washington. And number 10, Texas, anything you guys want to argue about, discuss, or whatever out of that top ten there? Obviously, Alabama, I don't think we can argue. But, I mean, Randy, uh, you had Florida State ahead of Clemson. I just kind of felt like, look, even though it was close, Clemson still didn't lose, and they deserved to keep their spot. No, and it's just an interesting take. I I like Florida State a lot. I love how Jimbo Fisher – came back and won that game, I think they looked just better. And to me, my preseason ranking was just kind of up in the air, and they looked better. So I'm not afraid to move people early on as things kind of progress. And So I just gave them the extra little bump. Uh, and I'm glad to see Houston, you know, get some love here. Uh, you know, beat a big team, a team that was highly ranked, and so – 
you know, it's not just me who thinks a lot of this team, so I'm glad to see that. Yeah, they moved and up I will seven say, spots. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say uh, I even had Texas at 12. I think all four of us are probably a little high on the Longhorns. It, it's going to be tough to see how they how exactly good this team is. We're going to have to wait a couple weeks. I, I think a little uh, overreaction by all four of us, but I can't blame any of us because, again, I did it too. But just one of those amazing games, and I think – we just went, okay, Texas is back. Hopefully yeah, we I, are. But we, we'll see. But uh, I think all four of us just looking at the rankings probably went, eh, a little off. That's okay. I took, That's what I we're took here the for. Oppor- yeah, exactly. And I took the opportunity to, to rank them a little higher probably than maybe I should have just because this is maybe the one time I get to. You never know. They may go into next week and stink it up. I don't know. Um, but, you know, for my sake, I hope it's real. For everybody else, I'm sure they're really interested in seeing what this team is in a couple weeks. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, the early polls that I've seen, I've saw people ranking them anywhere from 13 to 17 to, you know, in that range, in the, yeah. the middle teens. So the average sort of did make them go a little bit higher. Uh, then we get Louisville, uh, Michigan <laughs> State, Wisconsin, Iowa at 14, uh, Tennessee 15. Uh, part of that is because Brandon rated them really, really low for some reason. Uh, he must have been smoking something when when that happened. He had them at 25. Oklahoma, TCU at uh, 17. So Oklahoma goes all the way down from 3 to 16, losing 13 spots. Uh, Oklahoma State at 18. LSU drops from 5th to 19th. So they... Dropped 14 spots after they lost to Wisconsin. Baylor, Texas A&M, Boise State. Oh, well, let's stop at 20 with Baylor. So from 11 to 20, I know you don't like this Louisville situation, yeah, it, Randy. So. Explain Louisville. All three of you are nuts. Uh, they rolled their team, and they looked really good doing it. This is a team that everybody was talking about. Be careful with them in that ACC. They're that third team over there that people are not, you know, people are talking everything about Clemson and Florida State. Don't sleep on Louisville. This is Bobby Petrino, and he knows what he's doing offensively. Look, they didn't play this big team or whatever. But I, I still think that you need to be careful with them. They're going to be contenders in that in that ACC. Yeah, once they prove to me that you know they're not that great, I've got to give them the credit that they deserve. This is only one game. I mean, the rest of this year, I can't say I'm going to rank them as high, but for this game, I got to keep them right there. Hey, the thing that I, I look at, I didn't have Louisville even ranked. I, I wanted to see things from this team first before I put them in my personal top twenty-five going into the preseason. According to our last word on sports group, which we you know were a part of, they were 18th. I get it. They played Charlotte, who's had a football team for three seasons. Not they've been in the FBS for three seasons. They've had a football team at their school for three years, and they obliterated them. Yes, 70 to 14. And I mean, it was it was ugly early. And I brought up Lamar Jackson scoring the eight touchdowns and all that. They were playing Charlotte. I don't think that means. We rank them in the top 10. You guys all had them in the top 10. I, I don't get it. I, again, I'm probably a little low on them. I moved them up to 20 from not being ranked. 
because yes, they are showing me some. But from the last word on Sparks ranking of 18 to into the top 10 because they destroyed a team that's had a football team for three years is again a little overreaction in my opinion. Uh, yeah, in early polls I was seeing almost everybody had them in the top 10. Well, they're all crazy. So, that's kind of what led me to doing it, too. I just, you know, uh, did you guys think it's fair for Oklahoma and LSU to drop as far as they did? And and honestly, I think when we see the top 25 polls for, like, the AP polls and the the stuff that people that have been doing this for years, I don't think they're going to drop as far as we had them. Uh, it's going to be interesting actually to see because I I still think because this is a new format for us and because, you know, we haven't been doing rankings for years, we overact a little bit more than the professionals would. So I, I think they're still going to be up ranked a little bit higher. I had Oklahoma 10th in in my personal rankings, just because I think they played a really tough team in Houston you know, on the road, basically. Yes, it was a neutral site, but it was there in Houston. They kept it close. They lost, you know, knock them down a little bit, but I still think they're a top 10 team. But, you know, LSU showing that they have no offense, does that consider them to be a top 15 team? Maybe not. So we have them down a little bit, but so I think it's fair for on both stakes, really, but we'll see. Uh, and LSU only lost by two, so. You know, they'll yep. take that into account, too, margin of victory. Mm-hmm. Gary, anything on that? Yeah, I mean, OS, you know, uh, I, I look at Oklahoma, and I, I think about the fact that, yes, they did lose to a, you know, Houston team that people said that, you know, they weren't going to lose to. But at the same point, both of them ranked, both of them ranked decently, Oklahoma especially. So I, I think maybe a little bit more of an overreaction at Oklahoma going solo, but at the same point, I don't know that that team has enough confidence now uh, going forward that they're going to be maybe what they would have been if they would have beat Houston single-handedly, you know. So um, I I look at that being a factor, and LSU just really disappointed me, so I I had to kind of put them low. Fair enough. Uh, So we go on to the last five here, Texas A&M. 21, Boise State 22, uh, Florida 23, Oregon at 24, and Notre, Notre Dame at 25. So Notre Dame uh, falls from, they fall about anywhere from 15 to 16 spots. That seems like a, a whole lot. Seems like too much to me. And I, yes, I didn't rank them as high as I even should have. I think this is a huge overreaction. I think Notre Dame is better than what we have them uh they're a team that obviously is good offensively if if you know put in the right position uh you know of course you know we saw with the their quarterback and of course this team can do on defense so ah, i have a hard time believing they're all the way down there but i mean uh you know this is a consensus vote to be fair all of us had them at either 25 or 23 so it's not like not like Randy, where you had the discrepancy of they had Oklahoma, he had Oklahoma tenth. There's no discrepancy here. We all had him at the ball. Mm-hmm. I should have no, ranked him higher. It's one of those things. Rankings, uh, when you really break it down, is a little tougher than a lot of people think, especially one weekend. 
Because how much do you want to credit a team for blowing out a nobody? How much do you want to to take away from somebody that lost on the road like a Notre Dame did? Uh, another team that I want to bring up, that and actually, out of these 25 teams that were ranked, you three all had the same 25. Uh, I had one that was not in our final 25, and that was Ole Miss, who is ranked 11th. They lost on the road to the number three team in the nation, even though they dominated the first half and it fell apart in the second half. But they gave them one hell of a game. I dropped them to 21st. I dropped them 10 spots. You guys took them out of the rankings completely. Overreaction, or do you guys want to defend it? Who are we talking about again? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ah... Maybe it's a little bit of no reaction, but the way that they just allowed themselves to be dismantled after you're up 28 to 6, just, I'm sorry. I mean, no, that's, I, I get it. I mean, look, Florida State's it great, you know, but you lost by, you. they make, they recover 22 points, and you're only able to score, what, like, six points in that entire half. I mean, I think they had negative yards in the third quarter. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, ugh. Yeah, I, you know, it, it was hard for me to, you know, and I, I kind of looked at the rest of this list, and I kind of thought, you know, head-to-head, who's going to be able to beat who? And I kept putting Ole State, uh, Ole Miss, and, of course, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and all these different other teams against them, and I kind of thought, man, I just can't replace them with any of these other teams right now as we speak. So that's kind of why I didn't have them in mind. That's I think that's the greatness of college football. There are so many teams out there, and you know they play such different schedules that it's going to be tough to compare them. And that's why I'm glad they came to a playoff. I'm glad that most conferences now have a conference championship. And, you know, they settled it on the field for the most part. This was just week one. We're going to get more answers along the way. Uh, but we do what we can with one game to, to base it on, really. Yep. So there you go. You get to hear us. That's our, our week one top 25, our week one college football recap. Um, you know, we'll – it may not be on the download right now. It may have to be on a Tuesday. Don't know yet. But we will have our power rankings episode for the NFL. And also, in that same episode, we'll do our playoff predictions. And, of course, that means we're going to predict who we have. Uh, all three of us going to the Super Bowl. So you'll want to listen to that. And that'll I, be hope nobody is, I hope nobody's been keeping track of who I said was going to win the divisions and such. Because I forget. And my yeah. mind has changed since August. Just <laughs> yes. saying. Uh, so uh, I think uh, both of us, uh, all three of us now, uh, especially with some of the changes that have been uh, that have happened since the preseason started. So that makes a difference as well. Uh, but yeah, um, so we'll have that for you. That'll be our last podcast before we get into the Friday morning show, where we'll be talking about the first NFL game, and then of course previewing Week One. Uh, as well, and of course, premium week two of college football. That's 
just man, so excited to have this back. All this football to talk about and actual games that matter. So uh, this was great. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, of course, check out everything else on the WTM Network. We have our uh, Raw review there for the Wrestling Podcast. Games Podcast had a few things talking about that Nintendo Direct and, and other stuff. And, of course, Fantasy Football Podcast. Check that out. And, of course, uh, if you also want to hear, if you're still drafting, uh, we did a, a live draft podcast as well uh, for Football to the Max. So uh, it's our our Football to the Max League. Uh, we did a just as as the draft happened, we just talked, gave some advice, uh, talked about who we were picking at the time and everything. So definitely uh, worth uh, checking out and listening to. So, all right, uh, hopefully you know hopefully we'll have a big announcement to make on that Friday show as well. And until then, guys, see you later. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.